like beta ports can create like safe and scalable mobility infrastructure and this all via a circular kit of parts um, for construction. This is the Gibble podcast. Every episode, I talk to persons that shine a new light on our built environment. I'm Jessica, editor of Get Inspired by Light magazine. Get Inspired by Light is an initiative of Trilux. Today I'm talking to Marvin Bratke, architect and co-founder of Urban Beta, a spatial innovation studio in Berlin. The corona crisis painfully showed how inflexible our built environment is. Together with his co-founders, Marvin designed a modular and circular system, Betaport. Can you shortly explain what the Betaport is? Yeah, Betaport is yeah, an innovative building system to create sustainable mobility hubs on demand. Like Betaports can create like safe and scalable mobility infrastructure and this all via um, a circular like kit of parts um, for construction. So basically what we were able already last year, we were able to provide the towards uh, the world's first scalable and circular mobility hub with the Betaport 1, which can be like individually catered to special mobility needs, but also to other functions as well. And, and what does it look like visually, if you have to describe it? Yeah, we always describe the Betaport as a kit of parts. So basically it's an interesting... Like Lego. It's just what I wanted to say. It's like an interesting okay. approach to, to architecture, which is more like, yeah, like a Lego-like approach, which also basically offers kind of like an easier understanding of buildings yeah, and like participation in the building process, yeah, allowing also for communities to build. And in general, it consists of uh, something that we call the Betaport knot. Um, which is the central element and also like the TÜV certified, it's patented as well. And it integrates kind of, it's like a hybrid element, actually, the, like Betaport 1 is completely from timber. The new one is like a timber steel hybrid. And it is actually like at yeah, the core of everything. And it connects to columns and beams that are made from uh, renewables as well. And basically you can build like a lot of building typologies with it in a very simple manner. Yeah, it's said to be uh, carbon negative, the better port not even carbon neutral but carbon negative uh, how does that work well it's it is the aim of the beta part to create like a carbon negative building chain let's say part of this not only the material but also the transportation the production all of the aspects the lifetime analysis and what happens after the building gets deconstructed and we're on our way of course like uh, the beta port is completely built from renewables um, which act as a, a local carbon sink or like an engineered carbon sink which means kind of every beta port you build you store co2 from the timber that is built in and in creating detail connections for the building joints, for all the components and parts that can be disassembled again, we also create way of low energy dismounting of buildings where the parts can be reused over a very long time because the key to this is also that we use our building elements, materials and components 
and reuse them like a very, very long time. This is the most sustainable thing you can do. So we create kind of like these building parks that can last forever and that have material passports in them where you track the value of the material itself. And this creates new financial models as well. And we live in a time where like material costs rise faster than rents at the moment. And I was in a, I was part of a very nice discussion about this two weeks ago where we also discussed models that this could be actually an opportunity because it has such yeah. a negative touch in the press as well but if we open up um, and in uh, in the netherlands this is already possible and because the banks uh, especially the triodos bank is already funding these kind of mobile building and building parts with material passports we talked to several banks in germany to allow like this kind of new building models like building as a service models to happen but it will still take a while it has to do also with unified system with the passport because there are also different providers as well but there i see a huge chance like for the economy and especially for circularity in the approach to make this happen and it, for me it goes hand to hand with the flexibility and kind of like with this reversible approach to building in the future yeah And what led you uh, to design such a building like this? Was there a specific event? Mm, yeah, it's when you look at our cities today, like we live in the age of urbanization, like in the next 50 years, our cities will grow a lot. Like 60% of like uh, humans will live in cities. And at the same time, we live in an age of accelerated knowledge exchange, I would call it, yeah, like with the rise of the internet, like transforming from uh, also knowledge society into a society where um, we rather filter where knowledge is everywhere available. Our lifestyles changed uh, completely, in my opinion. Yeah, like they become much faster and, and like also and then on the other hand, you see our cities yeah, is a very rigid construct. Yeah, our buildings around a very object oriented construct and we think that kind of they are not very adaptable to the future uses and we really saw this in the corona crisis where like uh, complete city quarters that are monofunctional do not work anymore like nobody is there like they cannot be used anymore you have empty buildings that in the worst case still need to be heated operated in a way cost a lot of energy cost a lot of uh, money as well and this also gave us like an impact on how we have to plan buildings in the future And what actually our buildings of the future have to be able to perform, to be more resilient in that way, to be able also to grow with us and to adapt to our lifestyles. And a specific event that triggered this, and that was also like triggering actually the beta port or our beta port system. Now it is almost two years ago, um, we were planning an airport terminal for the new Innsbruck airport. And the airport itself has quite a, it's, it's quite a special airport because it has a complete different passenger capacity in winter and in summer because there are lots of travelers for winter sports, for skiing, for snowboarding, etc. So basically there are double the amount of passengers in winter than in summer. So you need a building that can change, yeah, at least between two states. And then you also need a system that can adopt with this building. This planning was like happening, I think, in March 2020, which was the time 
uh, when the Corona crisis hit, yeah, and all the all the airplane company business models broke apart, yeah, and then following up, also of course all the airport business models fall apart, and this was also when our planning was cancelled, which was at that time uh, like yeah quite quite a bad moment for us, but it made us think how our mobility hubs in the future have to be like and how we can create these really resilient architectures that could exactly answer these questions because we were facing then airports like a very monofunctional building typology basically it's just like a shopping mall with an airplane in front of it and in times like corona you could see what happened with all the airports yeah again like a lot of empty space that needs to be heated and it costs a lot of energy and how great it would be actually to have buildings made from building system that can quickly adopt, that can change, where you can create from an airport, kind of like a refugee camp, a welcoming camp, can create an office building from it. And this was also the starting point in creating the beta port system. We were um, yeah, luckily able to like work on, on the system further again. And then in the beginning of 2021, we pitched an idea for new mobility hubs that have this versatility that can adapt over time and also very quickly to the Green Tech Festival here in Berlin. And uh, yeah, it sparked quite some interest, I would say. And uh, we were also asked how a smaller version of this mobility hub could look like that we can uh, like envision as a demonstrator. And this actually became the Betaport 1, which we launched then in June last year with the like building system and with everything integrated. Yeah. So in an optimal situation, for instance, the Innsbruck airport, you could make it smaller in summer, take away some blocks and make it bigger in winter. Is that um, oversimplified? <laughs> <laughs> the original design already asked for a mixed use building. And what we gave it on top is actually we created, because an airport has a huge parking space and we created actually a parking space that is a park as well, that can be very green. And like um, it also had a passage throughout the building that connects like the land side and the air side where like visitors and uh, public, like without entering the airport can go through the airport and watch the airplanes, for example. Hi, this is Jessica. Did you know that you can read more about Marvin and Urban Beta on getinspiredbylight.com? You will also find photos and more details about the beta port. Enjoy the rest of the conversation with Marvin Brodke. Was there a point in your life when you thought, okay, architecture, this is this is the path I want to take? Can you remember one specific event or yeah, it's I think it happened very late in my life. To be honest, even I think this point was even while or after studying architecture. Our university, like um, I was studying at TU Munich, we had a lot of possibilities like uh, in the architecture program to do other stuff as well. And I was always fascinated by industrial design, transportation design, and I was not so much fascinated by the opportunities there like in architecture like I thought always it was a little bit boring yeah and I was like I was always more interested in I don't know like digitalization video games uh, um, stuff like this you know like very like exciting expressions new forms like of spatial design and stuff like that and I found this much more in other disciplines than um, maybe 
rather conservative environment. Today, it's very different to study there. I have to also admit, like here in Munich, did like a lot, like a lot of new professors that bring really cool program. I wish I would have studied uh, nowadays there. But I think it came after graduating and like it, the, the world opened more like for me also being able to do other programs like from the Architectural Association, for example, um, and to see what like architecture can really be and the potential of it. And even nowadays, I think, and this is also why like we don't call ourselves at Urban Beta an architecture office per se, because that wouldn't definitely not fit what we're doing. Architecture is a part of what we're doing, but we create like uh, digital tools yeah, that overlay our planning that make actually like complex processes that architecture sometimes is more attainable for stakeholders in the projects, for future users, yeah, for the neighborhood, for communities. And there, like, it was really nice to, to find this feedback loop also in interests I had when I was younger, yeah, like from playing Lego to, uh, uh, to video games, gamification, which is a big aspect in architecture today. And um, I think a lot of people who drive this have kind of similar interests. Of course, we see big offices doing this. And I'm quite happy for that, that kind of it came full circle in a way and that we were able to create um, also with our office something where we can fully realize our potentials um, since they differ quite a lot in what we're doing. Yeah. So you say digitalization has changed architecture mm -hmm. in what way can it help yeah it, like uh, yeah, there, there, there are different ways also the way um, digitalization is applied in building and construction and in architecture completely changed over time i think like when i grew up or when i studied <laughs> maybe um, it's better there was like the introduction of computers, of uh, cut workflows. This was all new territory and this came with a new formal language. And nowadays, um, architecture, I think, completely changed because we were able to make this step and first of like creating this new, new formal language in the computer and then bringing it to life via construction, optimization, form-finding processes, generative design as well. And I think now architecture has a whole different layer on top that also influences how um, our buildings look and how, like, how many trends and buildings designs begin to look because it has become way more socio-political in a way. Yeah, like there's a lot of sustainability influences because in the end of the day, building industry is like almost emitting 40% of the CO2 in the world. And on the other hand, only has like uh, one 0.2% of IT spending, yeah, which is like a very big contrast. On one side, we're um, the biggest polluter, uh, um, you can say it like this. And on the other side, we're like one of the least digitized industries in the world. And this was exactly where also we as Urban Beta like saw kind of like our yeah, leverage or like the, the starting point for our office. Okay. So that's also essential if you want to do projects in a circular way. You have to know what are the building blocks of your building, I guess. Yeah, it's like this interest shift. It comes maybe with something I, I said before, like also like how formal appearance of, of building shifts. Because nowadays it's so important in the wake of climate change to look at the whole life cycle of our buildings, of our construction materials. Yeah, And like we grew up in this yeah, take-make 
waste society, yeah, like that evolved from a linear economy, also maybe from a lot of lobbying from like concrete manufacturing, for example, in building. And this led to real estate development models, yeah, that work over 20 years of time, over 30 years, 50 years of time when a building is written off. And then the building is more or less useless to the developer and gets like deconstructed, which um, sets free a lot of energy, which costs a lot of energy, which has a lot of budget. And so this is also like the point where we think we have to look at the whole life cycle. We have to see what happens with the building when it's not used anymore or when it's not used for one function anymore. How can we build it back? with little energy as well, yeah, like also with a little CO2 impact and how can we create building parts that can be also fed back in their life cycles in a way without setting the CO2 free again at the end of the building. And I think this is a very important factor that's also in a lot of uh, like beam norms. Uh, when you look at life cycle analysis, um, usually, for example, timber buildings, you have a phase at the end where like all the CO2 is set free again. And this comes into your calculation. And when we actually create buildings that prevent setting free CO2, prevent the burning of our building materials and create the circular economy around it where it can be reused in, in other material cycles, then we can create like something truly that is like buildings that are carbon storage buildings that are more flexible than the ones today that can react to our lifestyles way better. So we see a lot of advantages in um, creating like this modular approach or kit of part building approach that we're doing with our beta port, for example, to create kind of like uh, circular architectures where the materials, the building materials, the construction materials can be reused um, in different cycles, um, can be easily taken apart or dismounted um, again with little energy costs, with little efforts to create something that we call um, an economy of building parts, for example, yeah, where uh, like a building material or a component um, is used in one building and uh, can also travel to be used in another building or another part um, of a building in the future. Yeah. Is this also the main driving force in your work? Um, it is It is definitely one of the biggest ones. I think like at Urban Beta, we're, we're a company that is very deeply rooted in core values. And we do have core values that like estimated quite over long time and um, also like very intense discussions with each other and that are still, of course, also in beta mode. So that means they're constantly evolving over times. But like this, I think these four columns of our office are quite applicable to what we do and are also kind of, as you say, like driving force for us. And um, these four points are called impact through empathy is the first one. And this one has to do like a lot with the social impact of our buildings, yeah, creating co-creation processes, platforms, yeah, where also future users can join in and where like complex things can be made understandable in planning and execution and where our buildings become kind of like a place for social inclusion with human-centered design. The second of our core values is called Foresight by Design, and this covers more a research approach like our office is actively conducting research. We're currently, we're currently funded by the Zukunftsbau program, the future construction program from the German government and also teaching at various universities. And we always try to implement kind of our research or our research results into our practical part of the studio and vice versa, of course. And um, the third column is called uh, Space on Demand. And this is about, like I said, 
before, like creating more flexible and more versatile buildings that work also towards an economy of scale. We're talking a lot about building as a service modules. Yeah. So this is like a business model that you maybe know from like bicycles, like swap feeds, yeah, where you're not the owner of the bicycle, but only renting it. And we're trying to establish that on a building scale and like a very large thing to do, but it all starts with the smallest detail on how the building is constructed, how it can be dismounted and how the life cycle of the building can change over time. And the fourth core value that we have is called a, a circular realization, which means kind of like the sustainability approach and like um, the circular economy approach is not something that exists in some of our projects, but when clients want to or want to work with us, this is kind of like deeply rooted as a core of the company that our projects aim for social and environmental sustainability. And that's uh, what we try to implement in all, in all of the plannings and all architecture and all project development. What we're doing. Yeah. What was the biggest design hurdle you had to take or the biggest thing you had to think about? Like, okay, how are we going to solve this? Yeah, there were a couple of things. Like when we pitched this to the to the Green Tech Festival, we had like a design vision. Yeah, we had like a presentation and a and a vision how buildings can look in the future. And I think like not a not a hurdle maybe, but like also a good challenge for a young or even back then non-existing office <laughs> <laughs> um, was actually to create a team around it like in the uh, um, to spark fire and people who see kind of the future in a similar way that we do and to convince people of how that like implementing circular approaches into implementing sustainability in projects and that these things do not have to be like a hurdle at all but can be an opportunity for the future and i think living in the age of climate change in the end of the day we will have no way around it and we see this already now happening a lot in the industry yeah? like a lot of startups disrupting the contact sector disrupting the prop tech sector with new materials and with sustainable building approaches and also with automation in design and these are also kind of like the pillars that the building system or like the data pod building system is built upon the, i think the goal is to um, create a lot of freedom in design, not only for planners, but also for future users. In the end of the day, like the mobility hub itself is for us something like an entry market, but we always thought of um, mobility hubs being like a relatively new typology in architecture, but that has to be able to cover a lot of things. Yeah. Like, because if you have like a mobility hub where you can only charge your stuff, yeah, it's like nobody will come there. It will be more like also a hurdle. So we think of these new hub typology more as like mixed functions yeah, where you have communal educational living office functions inside and you need a system that can cover all of that that has the flexibility for that and on top of that you get kind of like a seamless charging infrastructure like a turning cross like for different mobility modes where you can go from one to the other i think all of these facts are quite important in creating kind of that system that is easy to understand versatile to use for temporary building and for permanent buildings. Usually buildings are planned with huge budgets over uh, huge periods of time. And we want to turn this around. Yeah, And it's also in our name, Yeah, like the constant beta mode that we're in. We want to show companies and brand that you don't have to invest 
so much in, uh, upfront and scale up when it's needed. And this is also an important factor for like how mobility is evolving. Yeah? Today we see a certain amount of electric cars on the street. Yeah, I think it will be much more in the future. Autonomous driving will come in, like three-dimensional mobility, and this will all change our whole infrastructure, our city, and finally also the architecture that we surround ourselves. And this is, I think, why we need buildings that can adapt faster and also building systems like ours, for example, where you can also upgrade existing structures and can start small and then scale up. What I would really like to see in the future or like in this 10 years future is that our cities go away like from these very object-oriented building structures, more to like human-centered typologies that can grow and change with us and buildings that become way more flexible and emit much less CO2. Yeah, can this be the solution for housing problems in the future as well? Because you can start off a lot quicker than with conventional buildings. You ship the factory. Yeah, so that's uh, like an approach that we are following, like a micro factory approach where we can produce on site, where the factory goes to different uh, timber manufacturers, for example, for going on the building side. I think there is a lot to do in regulations, but all of these processes will make it easier and simpler to create housing as well and also to assemble housing. Yeah? Because like uh, with these micro factories, the same robots that kind of manufacture your components can also build chunks of the building already and can pre-assemble them so they fit on trucks and fit on your transport devices and you can program them all the time differently so you can also optimize kind of how much you can transport in your way and all of these things that have to do with a digital planning process with an automation planning process where you already get the users very early in the process all the way up to um, file to factory approaches and then kind of the automation and production chain. If we see this as a holistic picture, also like with the life cycle of the building itself and an economy of building parts. And I think when all of these things come together, then we can create like very affordable housing in the future, high quality housing in the future and housing that can also be highly individualized with participatory approaches. Okay. Well, sounds good. Yeah, we work on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a really nice way to end. Thank you for your time. Yeah, it was a pleasure. This was the Gibble Podcast with Marvin Bratke. Read more about Marvin on getinspiredbylight.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get a notification when new episodes are published online. Get Inspired by Light is an initiative of Trilux. <laughs> <laughs>